Hello there, and welcome to Gooner U. My name is Dove, and my friend Keith is here to bring me up to speed on everything I don't know about soccer and Arsenal. This week featured the much-anticipated Premier League match at the Etihad against Manchester City. Hello, Keith. Hello, Dove. Uh, how are you coping? Um, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that, and I, what I realized is, for however I feel about this, I, I feel this is a good lesson for you, because there, there comes a time in... In every sports fan's life, when the team he watches, the team he follows, uh, gets the absolute crap kicked out of them on television. Uh, we can say crap on here, right? Uh, who cares? I said it. Crap, crap is okay. I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Uh, this is Thursday, so we're talking about the game yesterday, Wednesday. That's exactly what happened yesterday. We got thumped. There's really no two ways about it. Ah. <sighs> Yeah. Laugh to keep from crying. Yeah. Re- reminiscent of how, how we've put down some other teams uh, earlier in the season. I mean, now we know what it's like to be on the receiving end. <laughs> it's not fun. Let me tell you, it is not fun. <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll get to the match in more detail later. I will say I honestly did have fun watching the world-class players of Manchester City do their thing against us. There was a certain beauty in it. As much as it killed me, it was it was top-notch football. It's tough tough to argue that. It, uh, yeah, they're 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 pretty good. That's that's uh, we I, 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 as we've said a few times. I warned you, right? They're they're very good, and we we got a good version of that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Coming uh, into follow-up, uh, you mentioned late in the last episode that Chelsea is on the beach, and you, you had said some other things afterwards, and I didn't get a chance to ask you in the moment what you meant by that. I feel like it's something you may have mentioned in a prior episode, but remind me, uh, what does on the beach mean? Uh, it's, a, it's a phrase that uh, usually gets applied to teams sort of like Chelsea, whose season is effectively over. Um, Chelsea is not going to, I mean, in in the sense that they are, they're not getting relegated, though that would be pretty hilarious, uh, but they're not getting relegated. (laughs) They seem really unlikely to make it into the European spots, at least the, the ones that they would care about, you know, they don't care about the the Europa Conference League. You might convince them the Europa League, uh, they're out of all of the cup competitions. They're out of, you know, they, they're out of the, out of Europe. They basically have nothing left to play for. And so for the, a lot of the players, it's going to be a sense of who cares, you know, where mm. I, they're already in their mind. You know, you think about the kind of mental concentration it takes to play any sort of sport at the highest level. At this point, they're already selling themselves. The season's over. Where am I going in the summer? So mentally, they're sort of even if physically they're here in their in uniform and on the field, they are mentally considered to be on the beach. And sometimes it gets a little mm. overstated. You know, these guys are professionals; they have a lot of pride. But the hope is that when we see them next week, they don't care anymore. Um, which you know, at a certain <laughs> point, you might be able to argue. I don't think it's quite true yet, but you know, I, I mean, to what degree are are we maybe going to be on the beach in terms of what is left for us to play for? Um, but we can talk about that as well. Um, Sure. So, yeah, yeah, I guess it's uh, reminiscent of perhaps uh, like if you're in your notice period at a job that you're leaving or something or uh, for for the younger ones in our audience, uh, like senioritis, like when you've you've done everything you need to in high school, you just got a couple months left to (laughs) live large Mm. (laughs) and take it easy, depending on your goals for high school, of course. (laughs) 
secondary school in the U.S. Uh, yeah, so uh, next on the agenda, uh, you had mentioned the Arsenal uh, women are in the Champions League. Uh, they played the first leg of the semifinals, and the second leg is coming up next week. And I went looking for where to find those matches, and it was a fun journey. Along the way, I found out that in Argentina Liga, there is an Arsenal FC um, uh, that is not our arsenal. Don't be fooled by it. Um, uh, that that was news to me. But the Women's Champions League apparently hasn't been carried on uh, Paramount or CBS, All Access, whatever it was called at the time. It hasn't been carried on there for a few years. It seems like they now are distributed through DAZN, which I've never heard before. I don't know if that's something you're familiar with, but um, the games are all on YouTube. They stream live, and you can watch replays all for free on YouTube. Now, I started watching some of the first leg just to kind of get a sense for what the experience would be like. Uh, the quality Quality was decent, but there are YouTube ads. Now, I don't subscribe to YouTube Premium. Uh, perhaps if I did, I would not see ads on there. Uh, but there are ads, like, in the middle of play. Like, they will pause the game, play an ad, and then take you back in like YouTube does. So... Uh, with that said, I mean, I guess if you're watching live, <laughs> that wouldn't be the case. So they're they're not going to insert ads, I guess, into a live stream, probably. Yeah. But. So, I mean, quickly on a couple of those things. One, there are going to be several teams, going back to the Argentina point, there are several teams around the world that have the name Arsenal. I actually, I, I looked it up on Wikipedia, and there's, well, it looks about 20 of them. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a popular name. Like, in the case of the team, you know, this is, this is Wikipedia's answer, but in case, the case of the Argentine squad, it was founded in 1957. They they are self consciously using the Arsenal name. They're 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 using the mm -hmm. same one. Uh, they're named after the the English team. I think the idea also says they are apparently near where the club was founded. There is actually a military arsenal nearby. So you know the game name kind of makes okay. sense. Um, there's a few of them in places like Brazil, the Czech Republic, Honduras, um, Ghana. There's a couple in Eastern, like in Ukraine. Uh, there's also a, a club like uh, Braga, which is a, a, a decent club out of Portugal, um, who are who they're Braga, but their nickname is uh, Os Arsenalistas uh, because they have drawn a lot from Arsenal historically. They wear red shirts with white sleeves, uh, so there's a huh. so yeah, it's a popular name, and you'll see that from now and again. It's amazing, especially in the history of older teams, how many of them and their histories are about borrowing things from each other. Sometimes names. Um, hmm. You know, there's a, I think rather in Ecuador, there's an FC Barcelona, uh, which is sort of have to remind yourself. It's not that Barcelona <laughs> there in Ecuador. It's different. Um, you know, right. I think the most famous one is an English club uh, called Notts County, which I believe is uh, currently in uh, actually the fifth division. Um, yeah, I believe they were the top competition for Wrexham to get out of the national league. Yeah. They, they have, Traditionally, wear black and white black and white stripes. Their um, th their look was copied by the Italian club Juventus, who wears black and white stripes. Huh. And so that so it's interesting that Juventus, who's one of the great one of the great powerhouses of the sport, certainly the great right. you know the great powerhouse in Italy, their look is based on you know, is deliberately copied from an English team that now plays in the fifth division. Right. Uh, so that's a fun little bit. Um. As far as the women, yeah. I, I do believe the Women's Champions League, it, it's a fairly recent development that the Women's Champion, that any of the European competitions are on CBS as networks. 
So I think that's only in the last two or three years. Um, I don't know how new adding the women is, but but Dazone, I believe is how it's pronounced, D A Z N. Okay. I believe that's, that's actually based out of. I believe it's actually based out of Canada. So I think that's the kind of thing. If you were to watch, out of, uh, that would be where it's available on Canadian television. Now I don't really watch anything that they have, so I've never tried to track them down. If they're available on YouTube, though, I guess you know that's a that's an option too. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it is. It's it's through them they put it on YouTube. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's and, that's where and, it is. And and also, I'd add, yeah. since we closed out last time talking about big Arsenal matches, also the Arsenal uh, Youth Cup. Uh, they were in the Youth Cup final against West Ham. We should also right. add that it was a game that they lost five one. So I saw that. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, but you know it's <laughs> better luck youth... next year, kids. <laughs> yeah. There. Well, yeah. Next year they're hoping, and some of them are obviously hoping they're going to be with the senior team or somewhere else. Uh, you know. It's, right. It's youth league, so the important thing is about their development. But obviously, nobody likes losing by four goals. But uh, so you know, it, it, we'll we'll see how it. So far, it's not shape. It's shaping up to be a tough week for. For Arsenal, let's see if the uh, if the women can uh, cannot do that, not lose by right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so one other bit of news before we get to our main topic, talking about the city match. Um, we I found out during the broadcast that we have officially clinched our spot in the top four. Um, Brighton was defeated by Nottingham Forest, and that means that it is not possible, even if we lose every match and gain zero points from here on out, we cannot drop into fifth place. So yep, that's something. That was, that was one good thing. <laughs> yeah, Brighton, rather a shock loss uh, at home to, to Forest. Um, big game for relegation positions, big game for European spots, certainly from Brighton. But also, yeah, for us, um, I mean, we've talked about this for a while. It's been not clinched, but feeling pretty sure about it. But now we are officially in the right. top four. So as we said, in terms of what we have to play for, I mean, we're technically still in first place. We are technically now, top of yeah. the table. <laughs> uh, but yeah, obviously the way everyone's talking, and we'll get into this after the game. Um, yeah, I, you know, in a sense, we've we've clinched, we clinched the one thing we really wanted, which was to get into the Champions League for next year. And so we have that. And that's going to be right. a big deal in terms of our budget, in terms of uh, the kind of things we'll do offseason, in terms of acquiring players, how much money we have for that, uh, the desirability of the club uh, uh, for players to want to come in and be able to have that opportunity to play in the Champions League. So it is a it is big. Yeah. And, you know, it's been, I think, like six years. I think our last year in the Champions League was the first year I was down here in, in Houston. So it is a big deal for us to be back in the Champions League. It's It's a good feeling. Yeah. As far as Arteta's five-phase plan, you mentioned that we're in phase three right now and that we're ahead of schedule, that he didn't plan on being anywhere near... Well, uh, I shouldn't say anywhere near. That he didn't plan on being at the top of the league mm. like we've been for most of the season at this point. Do you know what his goal was? Was his goal for phase three to make it into a Champions League? Has he stated what that is? Uh, I don't think he's ever stated it, but I think the sense was that, um, yeah, the champ, you know, qualification for the Champions League, being the kind of team that can be in the top four, uh, you know, and I think the idea was, roughly speaking, the next year, or you know, thinking of a phase four would be a team that can really compete on multiple fronts. So what we saw this year is, obviously, we've been at the top of the league, but our, I mean, we got knocked out of the the League Cup in the first game we played. We got knocked out of the FA Cup in the second game we played, and we didn't look particularly good in the game we won. You know, we got knocked out pretty early 
of the uh you know even of the Europa League like you know it, and we saw the the lack of depth and we sort of saw that a little bit in the city game as well the kind of lack the lack of depth we have and so part of the idea of you know being able to compete on multiple fronts so can we actually have compete for a, the, a title in the league go on a deep run not necessarily win the Champions League but go go deep into the competition maybe to the quarterfinals uh you know and to be able to handle that as a roster and then the idea of Phase 5 being a kind of club that can actually win those trophies and can walk in expecting to win those trophies. It's not just about being able to, but to walk in with an expectation that we should be in this conversation. If you want to talk about who wins the title or wins this trophy, you need, Arsenal needs to be a name you mentioned. Right. Like City. <laughs> not to be Yeah, like City, like Liverpool. It's not something you would have said at the start of this season. Um yeah. So that's again sort of the idea of building the overall profile of the club and 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 where they are to the extent that you're almost in a place like City is where it isn't a big surprise when they're at the top of the league. They're expected to be up there and they expect themselves to be up there. So, you know, that's the idea right. of continuing to build and develop the club. Yeah. All right. So, let's get to a City match. So, this occurred and we've done such yesterday. A good job th- We've done such a good job filibustering this game, <laughs> not talking about this game. <laughs> yeah, time to time to eat our meat. <laughs> oh, I wish it was meat. Around. Oh no, we're eating something so much less tasty than that. Um, I can't use it. words. I can't. Words I definitely can't yeah, use. In this podcast. I was just gonna say, yeah, a, a certain kind of sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, now we've laid down the bottom layer. Let's get to the meat of this sandwich. <laughs> yeah, here's, so, here's the meat yeah. of it. We, we stunk. We were, we were bad. <laughs> now, you know, I, it's, it's, it's just, it's, I would, you know, last time we talked and we're trying to, I certainly was trying to project a certain amount of confidence. I mean, there's, there were a lot of ways the game could have gone. Um, I think really the, the key moment, the uh, key moment really came right at the end of the half, which we'll get to. But, I mean, this was a possibility. As we sort of talked about, we haven't been playing particularly well the last couple of weeks. City's been ramping up. And, you know, sometimes this, you know, maybe we were looking ahead. This is the game we were going to focus on. But you could also see a possibility where they're right now just playing on a different level than we are. We're missing some key pieces. We're just not able to do a lot of the things we want to be able to do. And this is this was the result, and they were um, and they were good. They they played an excellent game, and Kevin De Bruyne, who is an incredible player, was an incredible player <laughs> last mm-hmm. night. Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, one of the themes of this match to me though was very feisty i think is the word that that i was using in my head as i was thinking about just like both sides going at each other hard mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean in the third minute there was a, a part a takedown that could have arguably been called a penalty like he got his legs between the two legs of someone who's trying to score it wasn't called but i wouldn't have argued it too hard if it had been yeah he um, was ve- he was very lucky to not get a penalty there i i you know in the yeah. moment of course i'm going to take it because i don't want to hear it and i have plenty of plenty of reasons to complain about officiating in games against city in the past but we were very fortunate in that moment uh to yeah to 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 not be called yeah 
So that I, so the feistiness was one thing that I think kind of set the tone for the match, and I mean that carried through all the way until after the match was over, and there was a near fight starting to break out between the two sides, like going mm-hmm. at each other, and that that manifested a couple other times throughout. It was a it was a really rowdy match um, with I think Michael Oliver to me did a pretty good job keeping it mostly under control like nothing too bad happened like no no serious injuries or anything obviously but i think he got the calls generally right i think any calls that i took issue with were generally the product of var not michael mm-hmm. oliver um, yeah yeah i mean yeah. I, you know when we the way we've talked about officiating I, you know i don't i mean again part of it is there are moments you can sort of complain about things but i think the the frank statement is like the the officials were not going to be a difference in this game with the way we played we were simply <laughs> right i mean we said we weren't we weren't good enough i mean it, you know to the point where if anything the officials might have at best kept us in a game we didn't deserve to be in you could argue and I, that and that's not what happened you know i'm not suggesting that mm-hmm. happened but um, yeah, no, I mean, it, frankly, I, I, I thought they were fine. I, rel- I mean, I, you know, complained about things in the moment, but that's normal during a game. Fact is the, we got the result we deserved. Um, there's really no other yeah. way around that. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, I recall, uh, the last time that we played city, my son, my six year old son, um, watched a little bit of the match and he had said about Arteta that I don't like his face. And um, I, I said about Holland, I don't like his face when we recorded. Um, so this time uh, he watched the first uh, few minutes of the first, maybe 10 or 15 minutes of the match with me again. And this time he noticed Erling Holland and he said that to him, Erling Holland looked like a diehard bad guy. Um, I think he's probably talking about specifically there. Are, there were two brothers that were Germans with long blonde ponytails in that yeah. movie. I believe that's who he was talking about. So, yeah, uh, I yep, I see it. I see it. I'm with I'm with you on that one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So yeah, De Bruyne scored really early on, seventh minute. Um, we held them off throughout throughout the rest of regulation play in the first half until they, from a corner kick, like we've been having trouble defending against. Uh, or no, it wasn't a corner kick. It was a free kick. Free it was kick, a free yeah. kick that was near the 18-yard box. Um, and Stones got a header that caught the corner of the goal. And then we got our hopes up when they announced that it was offsides yep. before VAR reviewed. And yeah, on review, yeah, it, it was a bad call. He was onside. Um, it, I mean, when they drew the line, it looked like it. And of course, the angle that they were showing was not as direct an angle as I would have liked. It was showing it from an angle that favored him, that favored Stones, like where he could have still been offside and appeared not to be because the the camera angle. But but still, it's it's probably the right call. It at least looked like it the way they were showing it. So we yeah, so up, su- su- yeah. So supposedly they're they're they get the multiple angles, but apparently they say the cameras are synced so that the idea is the angle we're looking at. What's frustrating is the angle they make the decision on, you can't see the the kick. And of course, part of offsides is where you're your position when the ball is kicked. And you can't oh, right. see that in the angle they draw the lines on. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't disbelieve them, but obviously given some of the adventures we've had with VAR, Brentford, <laughs> um, 
you know, I, I can understand Arsenal fans being a little skeptical there, but you know, that's it, that's. I mean, it's hard to, you know, I. I the problem is they showed two angles, and I, and I included in here a link for you about uh, you know ESPN does sort of a weekly uh, review of VAR decisions, and they look at this one. And part one of the things they say is the angle where he looks offside, the one where it looks like you're almost looking down the down the the line, at least the top of the 18 yard box. The problem with that angle is you can't actually see the defender's foot, and so you have to move it to a different angle. Hmm where you can actually see it mm-hmm. and there you can see and I think it I think it's Ben White um and there you can see according to the lines drawn that he's actually behind uh he, he's the defender the the off uh, stones there is actually in is on side now again you can't see the kick being made you sort of have to trust that that's what's going on I don't blame people for being entirely distrusting from an Arsenal perspective. I've heard some mixed things about whether, you know, from people, different people's perspectives all in the moment. So I can't really speak to the, the veracity of any of that. But I mean, what's frustrating about it is there's a, a positive view of this where we survive basically the half and you can go into halftime down one nil and be frankly lucky that it's only one nil but to then turn around and suddenly have it be 2-0 like that. I mean, it, that wasn't when the game ended, but I mean that was just a that was just a killer. Just an absolute killer of a yeah. of a goal. You know, it sort of really takes the wind out of your sails and really sort of just takes out the opportunity. And then, you know, we'll we'll talk more about the second half. Then they turn around and and score, you know, and score very quickly in the second half. And at that point the game really was over. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking again at the the highlights. Uh, again, to remind folks, we have a link in the show notes. I always put a link in now for the Arsenal official recap. The their highlights. It's usually around two minutes, so it's a quick way if you're listening and you. It's been a while since you watched the match. Um, it's a good way to quickly refresh yourself. And I have it paused where they're showing the VAR, and I do clearly see the foot of whoever that defender is behind Stones as he's making his break. Um, you can see his toes, like they put the line right at his toes. Um, so I don't, I don't agree with his foot being obscured from this angle. It's just that I guess you like from this angle, it looks to me like his upper arm could potentially have been further forward than they're showing it to be. And I'm taking for granted that this is drawn at the right moment. Cause like you said, you can't see yeah. the ball. So assuming that they froze it at the right time when foot meets ball, um, it's just a little inconclusive because that line is at such an angle. Like you'd prefer to have a line that completely bisects the screen in half, like top to bottom, a perfectly vertical line. Um, and then you can just see which side it is. So, yeah. Yeah. But, but what I, but I'd also say is if you look and he's leaning forward, remember it's offside is, is judged based on a part of your body that could score a goal. So if you actually look the furthest part right. forward for stones is his, is his forearm. But that doesn't count because he right. can't score with his forearm. If it hits his forearm, he's definitely it's 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 it. You that right. doesn't count. You right. can't do that. But is so in a, yeah. So really, if you're, what you're looking at, you're looking at more maybe his shoulder or his knee, and they, those right. his shoulder the upper arm give, right. Yeah, the, and those yeah. the angles they give you can get, based on the angle they're making the call. You can clearly see they're behind. Uh, it's behind the yeah. Uh, you know behind, and I'm pretty sure it's Ben White. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I cannot tell from from this angle, but um, yeah, it's 
It's likely. I don't think it's likely they made the wrong call. It would just, for me to consider it conclusive, I would need to see it from a camera that is further toward the left, further away from the goal, um, looking at it straight on. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, so that that we will get to it, but that is not the call I most disagreed with during oh, this Oh, okay. Match. Interesting. <laughs> that was kind of what I was guessing we were going to go, but yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, no. So, so then, yeah, so he puts it in the corner of the goal. It is brought uh, up, that brings the score up to 2-0. And then just a few minutes later, we get our first fight breaking out in the corner. And Ruben Diaz gets a yellow card. I couldn't tell. It didn't, I don't, I didn't see it in an on-screen graphic, but I thought I heard them say that an Arsenal player did as well, like Ben White. I'm thinking for some reason, but I don't remember. Um, so he gets in a bit of a tussle so, there with, yeah. well, he gets a little bit of a tussle there with White, and, and the card is where he, you know, Diaz clearly kicks out and and basically rakes a stud that was on the back of White's leg, which is, I mean. Right. That would, that, you could, you could easily argue, given the circumstances, that's an orange card, which isn't a real thing, but sort of the idea going, yeah. you know, in the right <laughs> circumstances with the right ref, you could call that a red and not really have a complaint. It's a, you know, it's clearly a, a dirty play. Having said that, right before it happened, right. um, White White does a little bit of kicking out too. Like he he kind of gets uh, he yeah. he gets Diaz a bit also. Yeah, As you did. said, it was a it was a very a chippy game, which I have to say I didn't care for. In part because, especially for us, it definitely looked a little bit more like desperation. Like it felt like we were doing some of that stuff because we were, especially in the second half, because we were getting so frustrated. And and there's one player in particular, I think, because really had a, I mean, really had just a howler of a game and wasn't helping himself in terms of the way he was reacting to some of the things that were happening around him. But, um, I mean, yeah, it was a deserved yellow for, for Diaz. Uh, it's, you know, you can't, yeah. I mean, that you can't do that. And I don't, and I don't blame the Arsenal players for going after them. And it's, especially when you're losing, it's frustrating. And it's so easy to, to, mm-hmm give heed to your frustration but there's a part of you that wants to say i don't know maybe try controlling possession a little bit like take the air like get get something going <laughs> offensively make them make them actually pay for it because you can actually do something with that but i i get it on both right for sort of both perspectives yeah so for a halftime break uh let's discuss uh my new routine when it comes to athletic activity. So I'm out there on the field coaching my my kid and uh and his peers and I get really sweaty. And when I'm done with that, I reach into my gym bag and I grab a bottle I've prepared ahead of time with nice cold water that I've poured my Liquid IV into. Uh Liquid IV of course is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine in just one stick you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone use it first thing in the morning before a workout when you feel run down after a long night out and on long flights liquid iv hydrates two times faster than water alone and uh, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sport drinks so uh, like i said my, my routine now i've got a supply ready and uh, before i head out i take uh, i use the i use uh, <laughs> disposable water bottles so i take uh, my 16.9 ounce poland spring i'm sure it's an it's an even like 500 mils i think uh, in the metric system but in the u.s here it's 16.9 fluid ounces i drink a little bit to bring closer to 16 which is what they recommend i grab it out of the fridge and pour that in and it's nice and cold and tasty and fully refreshing after the match is over. Um, 
So, yeah, uh, they recommend you put one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water to get yourself two times faster hydration and more efficient hydration than water alone. Uh, Twelve delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting, uh, such as the strawberry lemonade that I prefer, uh, Concord grape, lemon lime, pina colada. Those are some uh, some options I'll try in the future. Um, And they have five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And they have three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It is made with premium ingredients, including non-GMO and free of gluten, dairy, and soy. And Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. They partner with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. So, if you would like to be like us and try Liquid IV, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code GOONER at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code GOONER at liquidiv.com. That is G-O-O-N-E-R. There is no U in GOONER. So, the second half. We come out of the locker room and continue playing... Just about as poorly as before. Shaka had a nice shot early on that went straight into the arms of the keeper. Um, by the way, speaking briefly about their keeper, um, I recall the last time that we played them, it was the same guy, right? Who is not their their number one? Um, I'm trying to remember. Now I'm now I'm going to look up. So it was Aderson who was in goal for them. Yeah. Uh, t- y- yesterday, correct? Right. It was Aderson, right? Yeah. Yeah, Ader- I, don't, so Aderson- I don't remember the name. I know that his number is in the 30s. <laughs> okay, well, uh, hold on. Let me pull up the lineup there. I'm pretty sure it was... Um, yeah, it, it was Aderson, uh, who, is, who is their regular starter. Okay. He's actually Brazil's number two, of all things. Mm. Uh, but Brazil's number one is Alisson, the keeper for... Uh, who's the keeper at Liverpool. So that's... Uh, okay. So, you know, I mean, you know, good on Brazil for having, you know, two two of those guys. Um. I believe in one of their games. I'm I'm looking them up now. Um, let's see. I'm I'm just looking in terms of the previous games that we played against them. Uh, remember, it was in the league, and then here in the cup. So in the league game, their keeper was um, it was Aderson when we played them at the Emirates, and then when we played them in the okay. FA Cup. I was fairly certain. Yeah, in the FA Cup, they used Ortega, who's their backup. Uh, which isn't surprising. We played Turner, our backup. So part of the, right. um, like, so part of, uh, you know, the cups is an opportunity to rotate your lineup. And, you know, we we rolled out a, a fairly rotated lineup when we played them in, in the FA Cup. Uh, Inkedia started, um, and we see P- uh, Vieira, Tomiyasu was still healthy, Holding started, and Saliba was healthy, and though came off the bench, Tierney yeah. started. So, you know, Turner, uh, Matt Turner in goal. So we, we definitely... You know, both of us, I think, to a certain extent, we're playing sort of second, second lineups, um, which isn't unusual in cups. So, yeah, we got their backup in the FA Cup, and we got right. Aderson both times in the league. Yeah, so that's so. What's interesting to me about that, I guess, is as I'm looking through, I looked up uh, City's lineup right now, and they don't have a number one. Why do you know, I guess, does Aderson just prefer 31 for sentimental reasons or something? Probably. I admit I don't know yeah. too much of the backstory there. I mean, yeah. we've talked about sort of the importance of numbers, but it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Some people, 
You know, there's some people that there's the importance of the tradition of wearing the number one shirt. It means to be the number one keeper. We talked about that with Ramsdale. Yeah. But for some, they just don't care. Some, they have the shirt and they're happy to wear 31 and they wear 30. You know, Aderson wears 31. He just he just likes it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it's it's funny. As I'm looking at his stats, he has started in 31 matches so far in the Premier League. <laughs> so he's their, he's their, rate, he's their number one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it started 31 times and his number is 31. So anyways, uh, let's, yeah, so that <laughs> useful digression. So um, so back to the meat of this uh, this particular sandwich. So, so De Bruyne, again, scores now their third goal and brings it to 3-0. Um, I think we have Holding to thank for that one. He kind of let it go in an awkward way that mm. was picked up by them. Um. And then this brings us to my most questionable VAR decision of the match, which is a shot on goal. Erling Holland has his hands behind his back, so his his arms were at his side. And regardless, he leans in mm. to block the ball with the middle area of his arm it wasn't clearly like his shoulder or something it was questionable the part of his arm with intention behind it it wasn't like it just deflected off of him he leaned into it to try to block the goal which he did with that play Mm. inside the penalty box that looked to my eye like it should have been a penalty uh convince me i'm wrong (laughs) so so i'm what i'm going so this is i'm just going to read this this is the espn article um and they're just how they describe it. Holland is lucky because this get, comes down to where the ball hits him on the arm. From Zinchenko's mm-hmm. shot, the ball deflects up off a city teammate, but Holland appears to move his body into the ball, which would make it a deliberate act for a handball offense. However, as we've seen with other such decisions, if it's close to the point on the arm where handball starts, then it won't be considered an error for the VAR not to intervene either way. So basically, because of how high it's seen up his arm... It because it's it's high and it's considered close enough to his shoulder where theoretically it wouldn't count even if he had stuck his arm out. Uh, the the VAR actually doesn't intervene at all, and in fact VAR mm-hmm. did not call down. They never looked at it, and I think part of what oh. it is, part of what he's saying also um, is part of what they say also in here is that basically because of the call on the field like if they had said it was a handball well then var would actually check that but because they said no it didn't go there play on they're not going to check just because of how like it was it wasn't the uh it it wasn't clear and obvious in terms of an error right so in in a sense i mean it's it's and and they said this in the broadcast too like holland is lucky because that could very easily have been called he clearly leans into the ball like this is, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's yes, his arms are against his side, but they are. I mean, part of the the verbiage is about making your body bigger. I mean, even with his arms against his size, his arm his sides, his his body is bigger, you know, because of them mm-hmm. being there. It's slightly wider. So in a sense, yeah, if they if if the referee had looked at that and said called it, you know, you you look at that replay, it's the the screenshot they have there it's close um you know if he, if they call mm-hmm. it as a handball i don't know that you overturn that so in a sense they got very they were very fortunate uh you know holland was very fortunate or we were very unfortunate uh to have to to have that to have the call that was made but yeah i i don't 
I understand the frustration about it, but it's just that that's mm-hmm. one you're just kind of like, oh, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, and I, I guess I feel less bad about it because of that parte call that wasn't made also. So I guess those kind of cancel each other out in the penalty karma of the match. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but in the moment, I don't really care about that. Uh, it, City, I can tell <laughs> yeah. I can tell City exactly where they can stick their complaints. So, uh... <laughs> so yeah, so... Um... You know, they they continued dominating throughout the second half, just kind of relentlessly <laughs> taking it to our goal time and time again. Ramsdale had great saves throughout when it did get past him. I think without exception, he had some part of his body make contact with the ball. Um, and he had lots of good saves. He kept it from being a way more severe blowout than it otherwise would have been. And... Uh, Good, good job from him on that. Um, then we had another fight between Grealish and Party. They each got yellow cards for that one. <laughs> that was about 75 minutes or so, 74, 75 minutes in. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, again, I think that's, I, I sort of mentioned this before. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to pick a, a, a goat necessarily in terms of, like, blaming one guy for what happened. But I do think, I mean, I think Thomas Party had a just a dreadful day all around. He got, in yeah. addition to the way that the game was going, and, and look, I, you know, I think some of this is, I don't think he's 100% healthy. He's clearly tired. I think he's a little, me- we talked about this, they're mentally tired as well, based on the length of the season. He was clearly frustrated with the game. He got into a few of those shoving matches. He generally doesn't do that. Like you don't usually see him mixing mm-hmm. up. Granite Jaka mixes it up with other guys. Um, and but I mean, at one point, I think in the Diaz uh, struggle, like Bukayo Saka kind of threw a push into a guy, which again, it's like you don't see that from from some. Of, it's it's from guys you don't usually see that from, which suggests to me a certain level of of tiredness and frustration. And obviously, you can understand frustration because of how the way the game was going, but I think there's also a sense of tiredness as well that you're just you're kind of lashing out in those cases. And mm-hmm. he, you know, I I think that was kind of a that was kind of the capper on what was frankly a just I mean, frankly for a party was just a just a terrible day all around. He he had a he had a rough one. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was around that time, maybe a little bit before that, that uh, Arteta started bringing in all of our alternate strikers. Like, he had Emil Smith-Rowe came on, Reese Nelson, Eddie Nketiah. Like, he replaced the entire front line. Um, and, you know, they Trissard, like, they, they had some decent attempts in there, but, you know, like we've said about other teams we've played against throughout the match, only this time about ourselves, we were never really threatening. Like, City was never worried <laughs> that we were going to turn it around. It seemed pretty much done by that point. Even and they, uh, Yeah, and they took, the, they, when, took the, yeah. they took the air out of the ball a little bit, too. You could tell they were definitely, sl- they, they slowed the game down. They they took their foot off the off the gas just a little bit. Um I mean, really, after the third goal was when you could see the game shift, and that was that was when they just, you know, it, we they mm-hmm. we we were just we just didn't have it, and I think we everybody in the stadium knew that. Yeah, 
Yeah, so we got to see a, a rare goal from uh, Rob Holding. Uh, that was interesting. <laughs> he I mean, brought us that's, a little bit closer. <laughs> that's the only one. That's the only one it could have been. He had a he had a, he had a, a shot or almost shot a little earlier in the match, and there were some people joking around. I mean, I watched the game in my office, but some of the other conversations I was tracking, people jo- joking around. Of course, it would be Holding that would score today, and then sure enough, but he actually did. That was actually the way he got the goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Erling Holland let his hair down, and uh, he got his goal for the match. So, which I guess he set a Premier League record yesterday. Was that correct? Uh, I think they said. I, I don't remember if they, I remember if it was he. It may have said it. I think in terms of number of goals in the season, I don't remember if he yeah. said it or tied it. But I do. Yeah. Um, and of course, the scary part is they have what six, seven games left. Um, well, well, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess mean, that's he, for a 38-match season, which I guess as soon as you change the number of teams, you're going to have a different number of matches. So I don't yeah, know. It, it, is yeah, that, it, he's, he's, yeah, um, pretty good. Pretty, pretty yeah. good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, he's, he, I mean, so. you know, it's one of those, like, at that point, almost who cares? The game's over. It doesn't really... I mean, the game's over, but still, it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, he got his, he got a goal, he got another one, you know, okay. Uh. Yeah. (laughs) So, do you have a player of the match? (laughs) Um, so if, well, it depends. Are we looking for the game overall, or are we looking from an Arsenal perspective? Because I can answer that a couple different ways. I would say it's an open question answer as you see fit. Because I know how I'm answering. I mean, I, we are Arsenal-centric. I think it's fair to look and pick an Arsenal player of the match. Uh, but I think also man of the match, I think I think it has to be De Bruyne, who was just all around, uh, you know, just was clearly the best player on the field, did so many things. Um, in terms of Arsenal, oh boy, I was thinking about this, you know, like, the, you know, as I was driving into work this morning and, you know, I like, who would I pick? And the answer, I think it has to be Aaron Ramsdale. I thought he made a number, as we mentioned, he yeah. made a number of good saves to sort of keep us in the contest when we, you know, maybe shouldn't have been or could have easily been worse. Um, and frankly, I think that's also a, just a kind of a, a process of elimination because everyone else on the field was, was frankly awful. <laughs> I, I mean, but I, you know, I mean, seriously, yeah. I think that, yeah, no, I think, it's, yeah. you know, just looking at, the, I mean, really the, 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 the center part of the field, our central midfielders party, we talked about Jaka did not have a particularly good game. I think he's still not a hundred percent healthy uh, coming back from whatever illness kept him out of uh, the, uh, the Southampton game last Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the central defenders, uh, Rob Holding, we've talked about it's just, just not on the level for a game like this. And Gabrielle just Gabrielle wasn't particularly good either. They were sliced open, especially that midsection with the midfield and the central defenders. We were sliced open multiple times. Zinchenko was both everywhere and nowhere. Like you know, say, like I, he was kind of around, but I didn't really see him doing anything. Um, I thought Ben White was okay. I thought he had it. Uh, you know, I guess if I picked an out, I pick an outfield player. It would be White. And then you look to the forward line: Saka, Odegaard. Jesus, Martinelli, they never got the ball. Like they didn't, they ended up not doing right. anything because they never had a chance to do anything. So I, I think maybe I could argue Ben White, but frankly, I think it probably from an Arsenal perspective is Herod Ramsdale. You know, this game yeah. could have easily been over in the first half. It could have been 6 1, you know, and, and yeah. it wasn't. And, you know, so even <laughs> though he gave up four goals. 
Yeah, it was bad. yeah, no, that's it was real bad. That's precisely what I was thinking. If, if I had to pick an Arsenal player, it would be Ramsdale. But no, no argument. De Bruyne, <laughs> De Bruyne gets it. He, oh, those, those goals that he scored, like the, the first goal, it was just beautiful, just like a bullet into the corner where it needed to be along the ground the whole way getting past who it needed to get past and his second was just as amazing (laughs) i mean i i honestly think it's just a weird thing to say given who he plays for and what he's accomplished i think he still might be one of the more underrated players in the league just because he almost like he people almost overlook him when they look at city and all the depth they have and you know everybody looks at hovland and he scored all those goals yeah i mean i think de bruyne has for a number of years been been one of if not their the best player on their team which is saying something given how good they've been yeah um well it's it it sounds like in their typical performance that de bruyne plays more of an assistive role and holland is the one who finishes it seems like Mm. a lot of the time and that was reversed in this match yeah, yeah, I mean De Bruyne, I mean that's that's what De Bruyne it does his his assists his assists are sort of what make him like that's where he that's where he is high up high up the uh the stat the stat leaderboard. He's not necessarily mm-hmm. a goal scorer. He obviously can put them in. Um but that's you know he's he has you know I believe it's 16 assists which is top in the league. The next one is Bukayo Saka with 11. Yeah. Tells you a lot about, about yeah, where, where they are. Yeah. Yeah. Again, having having so, uh, having Erling Holland on the end of those passes helps a lot, but he's still he's he's been very good for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it helps it helps you juice your numbers a little bit, yeah. So, uh, a couple small questions from the match. Um first of all, uh continuing uh am I remembering this person correctly? So, Julian Alvarez, he played for Argentina in the World Cup, right? I'm not yes. misremembering yes, that. Yes, he was on Argentina's okay. team. I think um I don't remember. I don't. Um, now I want to look this up. Um, I think he played the, in the final. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was trying to remember if he's the one who, if he actually ended up scoring. Uh, no, he doesn't hit the penalty. He's yeah. He Alvarez played. I mean, yeah, he played. Um, played for Argentina. He won the World Cup. He wasn't the guy I was thinking. I was thinking he was the guy who maybe scored the the final goal of the. Um, who scored the final penalty to to seal it? But it wasn't him; it was somebody else. Um, okay. But yeah, he uh, yeah. yeah he yes he yes he he plays for Argentina and he's a backup at City. Okay. Let that sink in. Um, so. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I know. Um, so continuing some 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 themes from the show. First of all, uh, Manchester City at the Etihad. Um, they have three stanchions that are. Uh, what, what is the is it sky blue? Is that what they call their color? Is sky blue, yeah. Is that they use for it? Okay. Um, yeah, so they have three sky blue stanchions uh, supporting their net. Um, so <laughs> and make of that what you will. But uh, I wanted to ask, um, so we've, we've talked about songs that go along with certain clubs. We talked about um, I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles, and we've talked about um, the Jerry and the Pacemaker song um, for Liverpool that I'm blanking on right now. You'll Never, um, you'll walk, never alone. walk Alone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yep. So um, I, I noticed them before and after this match playing Blue Moon. Is mm-hmm. is that something they've done for a long time? Yes, that's sort of a classic popular uh, city song. I mean, really, up until um, up until they were bought by um you know sort of the the Abu Dhabi group um city's reputation was of a club that 
even in their best moments, sort of blew it at the end. <laughs> uh, so, so there, you know, in the sense, Blue Moon works. I mean, the color, of course, but there's a, it's a song with a yeah. certain melancholy to it. Right. Uh, so that's part, which is partly why, you know, for supporting the club is, is a certain, there was a certain sense of the, you know, typical city was what they say, you know, the team that blows it at the end. Um, and that has sort of been flipped on its head, obviously. Uh, they are they are also, as I understand it, fans of of the song Wonderwall because the uh, the Gallagher's, who are the the frontmen for Oasis, are at least one of them is, if not both of them, are are City fans. Okay. So I believe so. Wonderwall that's, is that's is a is a song that's been associated with them over the years. Hmm. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's so funny when you compare it to the types of songs that you would play before any American sport I've ever seen live. And it's just like, Blue Moon, just is, it's not the kind of thing that gets you up and, like, excited <laughs> for the match. It is, like you said, it's melancholy. It, it, it's, but, it's yeah, strange. But, th- but then again, I, I mean, would you form, really, so. you know, before before going to Liverpool, would you have possibly guessed a song, You'll Never Walk Alone? I mean, it's... No, that's yeah. not even. Uh, I I know Jerry and the Pacemakers. There are other songs of theirs that I like that I've that I've heard my whole life. I never heard that one before. It's, uh, and, that, and yeah, but that's not, songs... not even. It, they they're covering it. It's actually it's it's from the the Broadway musical Carousel. Oh, okay. And so it's it's actually okay. it's an American musical song that you know they <laughs> they covered and it was a hit for them and um, they're a part of the whole British invasion and they're, they were based at when, you know, oh. Liverpool, and, Liverpool in particular was a massive center for, for British rock bands. Obviously well, Jerry and the Pagers yeah. is not the most famous of them. Obviously. <laughs> no kidding. Right. Yeah. Obviously the lads from Liverpool. All right. But that's it. I mean, Liverpool right. is, Liverpool is right. tons of those bands, uh, partly because it's right. a, it's a, por- it's the major port city where all the ships came in from the Atlantic. So that's where, you had all these American sailors showing up with all their rock and roll records, and so they're playing mm-hmm. them, and the, the Brits are listening to them, and they start playing. They start playing that music. Uh, so that's you know, Liverpool is a big has a, has a massive music scene in, in rock music, especially. Um, yeah, <laughs> and so they are among the many. I mean, yeah, why that one as opposed to others? I mean, who knows? But, uh, but right. and, and you know, we and we can we can bring the Ted Lasso connection into this. So I don't. I hope we're not. Are we worried about spoiling the second season? Mm, I mean, be warned. Uh, Keith is about to say something about the second season of Ted Lasso. That is last year's season. So if you have never watched it before and plan to, uh, I guess, skip forward by a minute or two. But Yeah, so so obviously they, they play the it's an FA Cup semifinal where they play City in Wembley and they get torched. And that's the that's yeah. the one that ends with. Um, Jamie Tart's dad comes into the locker room and he punches, mm. you know, Jamie punches him and that whole thing happens. That leads into the next episode where Coach Beard goes on his, uh, I don't know, vision quest or whatever, whatever that, that weird, <laughs> ep- the, that divisive episode of the the show. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it, I have to say. It's it's a weird one, but I kind of enjoyed it. Um, anyway, what we should point out is, you know, that they, they start that. I noticed they actually, they play musically they work throughout is blue moon and i think at one point they actually clearly show uh the full moon i think it might even be slightly blue um and that's partly (laughs) tied to that's partly tied to the fact that they got you know that it was city who ripped them apart right 
Oh, that's yeah. No, thank you for that. Because yeah, again, like I had not seen a single actual real life Premier League match when I watched seasons one and two of Ted Lasso. So that's something that I would have been completely oblivious to. So thank you for uh, sprinkling sprinkling that in after the fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to rewatch that at some point. So. So, uh, any other closing thoughts on this? I guess uh, one one thing, if if you have a, f- a relatively uh, moderately length answer, moderate length answer to it, um, you're Mikel Arteta for a day, and that day is yesterday. Had a much better hair. <laughs> so, you get to change any decision that he made on the day going into this match. Is there anything that you would have done differently or what would your locker room talks have tried to get the players to do differently? Um, any, any thoughts on that? Um, you know, I, cause, cause there's a lot of conversation about this in terms of maybe changes we should have made. Cause we have been a little stale and, and Arteta has been very dogmatic, right? About not making changes. Um, I think though, I, I, I mean, I, I, I think that the, the one, the suggestions I've heard possibly are shifting the lineup around. Perhaps you could have moved Ben White into the central defense and play Kieran Tierney as a right back. He does play right back for Scotland. So it's not a hmm. position that's entirely foreign to him. Um, and that way you're putting more good players on the field, or maybe you switch to a back three and use white, uh, white with white Gabrielle and, and, um, maybe holding, you know, you're giving him extra cover there and you use, um, Zinchenko and maybe Saka as your outside backs as wingers who are moving up and down the field, which, which, you know, Zinchenko is doing anyway, going sort of all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I, I, honestly, I don't know that I would have done that. I, I think there's a sense, that, you know, you 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 worry about overthinking sometimes. And the truth of the matter is, I don't know if there's a tactical formation out there that would compensate for the fact that we just weren't as good as they were yesterday. I mean, we were we were uncharacteristically bad. I I, I hate to sort of say it as well if we had just played a little bit better. But I mean, let's be mm. honest. That team that we saw yesterday was in some ways unrecognizable from some of the Arsenal we've seen. I mean, they were. I mean, even for the last couple of weeks, they had some good moments. Obviously, they were up two nil on Liverpool. They were up two nil on West Ham. And they had none of that uh, yesterday. They that that burst at yeah. the end against Southampton that got them the draw and almost got them the win. And this had none of that. They were completely out of it. And some of that is City, you know, of an older veteran team. We're a very young team. They're an older veteran right. team. They have, as they, they talked about all night, they have been there before. They've been in a title race. They know how to handle that pressure. And I'm not entirely sure that we do. And I think part of the the counter argument is also. To make a change like that, to make a sort of dramatic change, is an admission that y- you have to do something different. In some ways, psychologically, that can be worse. That you're sort of right. saying the way we've been playing. And what Arteta is really trying to do, we talked about the phases. He's really trying to institute for them like a, a, a mentality and a style that says, this is how we play. And we walk into a game and we're going to play our way. Now... Even City mm-hmm. has changed. I mean, and City, Pep Guardiola has been there seven years, and so City is in a completely different place than we are um, in terms of the construction of their squad. Guardiola has made changes throughout the season to their lineup and their formation 
uh, to sort of integrate players and do things differently. And but part of that is because I mean, you know, De Bruyne has been there for seven or eight years. Uh, you know, Holland is really the only new player. Phil Foden's been there for years. Uh, Rodri's been there for years. These guys have been there. They know each other. They know the system. They know what Guardiola expects of them. So when he's making these changes, there's still a sense that they know what to do. And we just don't have that same kind of muscle memory yet. I think as a, as a club or as a set of players. And I think at this point to make that change, given the environment, you know, the away game at City, we've talked about this all the time, to make that kind of change, I want there is a sense that psychologically, maybe that is actually worse. To admit right. we have to do something different. We I do not have confidence in the way we play. The counter argument to this, if you've watched us in the last three weeks, well, I don't think anybody's a lot of confidence in the way we've been playing. So <laughs> I, I you know sure. it, <laughs> the hard part about it, and I'm I'm kind of ignoring the question about the pep talk because that really comes down to what the players are feeling. And there are times when I watch the game and I think to myself, oh, I'd say this or oh, I'd say that or me, you know, we talked this last time, right? Artella after the after the Southampton game, you know, I love my players. He's trying to give them a positive message. Right. He knows where they are mentally. I, I I don't know what he said. I, I didn't I didn't see any video or anything like that. I don't know what he said. Um, and I mean I don't I, 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 without knowing what they were, without knowing where their mindset was, and, and it's it, it, so that psychological piece is so difficult. You know, sometimes you have to know your players really well. Sometimes when they're playing poorly, you need to give them the blow dryer as they used to call it, just go in and just start shouting, you know, like like a hairdryer, just blowing hot air at them, shout at them. And sometimes you need to be encouraging, and, and you have to, you never really know. You have to kind of get a feel for them and what they're like and who you can walk in and, and challenge and say, I need better from you, and how many of them need that hand on the shoulder and say, it's okay, you're going to be all right, let's, let's get back here. I mean, that's, in some ways, that's really the lesson of, of a show like Ted Lasso is is his strength. As a character, the character's strength as a coach is his ability to judge his players and what they need as people. That's mm-hmm. a really hard thing to do, and the best coaches really can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good note to end on. So uh, so what's coming up for next week? Um, We're not dead yet. Uh, you know, we joke about it. We are <laughs> technically still in first place. Now it's, it's what, two points right now, and City has two games in hand. Um, but, you know, I mean, we're the season is not over, so I don't want to do, go into the full retrospective yet. I mean, we're the season is not over. Obviously, it would take a tremendous amount for them to, to blow the, to, you know, to not win the title at this point. But, you know what? Let's keep the pressure on them as best we can. Our next game is home against Chelsea. That game was moved from the weekend to a Tuesday. Uh, so that's going to be kind of weird and exciting. I hope, I don't know how much of it I'll actually be able to watch live. I hope, um, I, I hope city, I hope Chelsea is in fact on the beach, but frankly, even if they're not, they're a freaking mess. Uh, you know, if there's a team that's got fragile confidence right now, I mean, they lost another game recently. They're, they're, they're a mess right now. Uh, we, I, okay. There, that that needs to be a get right game for us. A game to sort of reset, refocus, drop some drop some goals, and say, "All right, let's close the season strong with them." And then we have, you know, a couple tough games: Newcastle, Brighton, and then we close out the season. So let's. And right. also, it's a London derby, and again, expletive, 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 Chelsea. <laughs> 
Yeah, and you know, it's it's good to remember we are not out of the running for a top spot. I mean, if we win the rest of our matches and City loses even a couple, you know, it's it's still a possibility. So you got to believe. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, Thank you for joining us at Gooner U. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and some other places, and we appreciate you subscribing to our show and sharing it with friends. If you want to listen the night we record, you can become a Gooner U superfan to download a raw, unedited recording right away, as well as occasional bonus content. There's a link in the show notes to join. And thanks again to our sponsor, Liquid IV. You can find them at liquidiv.com and enter code Gooner to save 20% at checkout. Again, my name is Dove, and you can find me on Twitter at Dove Frankel. With me, as always, is Keith, and you can find him in a pub watching Arsenal matches. We love you, Arsenal. We do.